Hello, and welcome to episode three of the Will You Be My Friend podcast. Today, we have Eva Friedman on Incredible Drummer. She's so good that she plays in like 13 bands all over Los Angeles. And we had so much fun talking on the podcast that we just, after the podcast was over, we just talked for like another hour. It was a really great time hanging out. Um, so yeah, she's amazing. If you need a drummer, give her a call. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Eva. My friend Eva, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I am losing my mind. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I thought we might take a little while to get to that confession, but yeah, it's starting to settle in for sure. Are are you also losing your mind? <laughs> I'm I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I've been like trying to find a good balance between like this sucks and it's terrible uh, and it's scary and also like just like feeling hopeful and stuff but like acknowledging and like leaving space for like how shitty of a situation it is so just trying to like manage myself through it has been more exhausting than anything mm. so what what about you what's uh where's your head at well to speak truthfully i'm actually feeling better um like maybe three or four days ago i had three days where i was like freaking out a good amount and for me like i'm parsing through the like th there's a certain amount that i should freak out about the actual sickness right and then there's an amount that i should freak out about our society's reaction to the sickness yeah and like so like processing those two things and understanding those two things but um yeah the past like two or three days i've been feeling more hopeful like feeling like this is a time to work on like skills and like start this podcast yeah. and uh to like look inward and um like i went to the grocery store today and i ended up talking to someone in line for the grocery store and we we kept a safe six feet distance but um we were just talking about how like on the one hand it's nice that the city has slowed down so much and maybe there can be like positive things about people's lives slowing down and taking the time to reflect um even though like economically and like health wise this is going to be devastating for like a lot of people yeah <laughs> yeah that's a big one yeah yeah it's yeah. it's wild and it's unprecedented so like talk me through your past like nine days 14 days were yeah. you were you taking the coronavirus seriously like two weeks ago yes okay um, i was yeah i was i've been taking it pretty seriously for a while. I um, am an admitted and acknowledged germaphobe. Uh -huh. uh, I have a hard time with like sickness and everything. And like, <laughs> like when I get sick, I freak out. Um, if people around me are sick, I get very nervous and everything. So this has been like a worst nightmare scenario. Oh my God. So like, yeah. So like for the past couple of weeks, I've been like, just kind of like thinking everything over and like trying to, you know, do the research and like get the knowledge that I needed and like 
when it came, I had some big shows, like, coming up, and, like, there was potential for South by Southwest and stuff, yeah. so it was a lot of, like, okay, I need to do whatever I can to keep myself safe, as well as anyone that I come into contact with, and so I was having a lot of discussions with people of, like, might not hug you, like, uh, might not even be down for a fist bump, I might walk into these rehearsal spaces wearing gloves, if it's too much, we can all make fun of me and laugh about it after. But for now, like, like I get that this is my job. And if, like, if the shows are going on, you know, I will be there. Um, but it definitely started to get to a point where it was kind of like, okay, if I, if none of us put our foot down, are we then complicit, you know, in, like, asking people to come out and gather in big numbers? Um, so there was definitely like a moral and ethical like conundrum going on in my head and then everything got canceled anyway <laughs> so it was nice to feel like that decision got taken out of my hands because totally. um, for anyone watching or listening that doesn't know I'm a drummer and oh, I'm yeah. like, freelance and like hired gun session stuff so like none of the projects I'm in are my band mm-hmm. so it's never really like my decision Um, and people are pretty, all the people that I work with are really good about, like, everyone being treated equally and, like, everyone, you know, if anyone has concerns, those can be voiced and everything, but it's not my call to make to cancel a rehearsal or to cancel a show or whatever. Um, and so I was really lucky that everyone that I work with that had stuff going on was treating it seriously and keeping an eye on things, but I think I hit the panic button a little bit earlier than some other people um, just because of who I am as a person <laughs> so uh, yeah it was uh, was rough to have like the plug pulled on everything and I'm definitely falling victim to like looking at the clock and the calendar and being like oh I was supposed to be here or like I was supposed to be doing this today right now and stuff um, but I would say like I pretty quickly you know, got into the mindset of, like, I think this is going to be, you know, a huge deal. So I wasn't, like, particularly surprised by, like, all the Mm self-isolation that we've been, like, being asked to do and everything. Um, And it, like, it's hard to argue with. It's, like, like, so many young people are, like, well, if I get it, I get it. First of all, young people, as if I'm, like, 70. <laughs> but, like, you know, seeing, like, the, the footage from, like, spring break and stuff and kids saying, like, well, if I get corona, I get corona. And I'm, like, this doesn't sound like a party. Like, it doesn't sound like a walk in the park. Hmm. So, first of all, think about everyone around you. But second of all, like, I don't want it either. Totally. Um, like, that's, like, <laughs> it's just so funny to me that people are, like, well, if I get it, I get it. And I'm, like, this is not fun like this doesn't sound great like this isn't the common cold um so you know the the past I've been isolated or socially distancing self-quarantine whatever the technical term is for about a week now Mm -hmm. so it's uh it's kind of day seven for me I guess um so I've got like my practice pad so that I can be like working on my hands and stuff and trying to work on some other like musical like production skills that I've been wanting to get into so trying to stay productive but also trying to like again like balance being aware of what's going on with not like flooding my senses with it and just like giving in to being terrified yes totally 
Yeah, so my disposition is to be largely uninformed mm -hmm. because I've gone through seasons of my life where I've like listened to a lot of NPR, I've read a lot of news, and I'm like a very sensitive individual. Like it, it, it affects me a lot to be worried about like all of these like foreign policies right. that at the end of the day, like I can't really do anything about it unless it's voting season and then I can vote about it. But like, if it's not voting season, I, I'm kind of at the point where I'd just rather not know about things that don't affect me. So I was taken, I was surprised by the whole Corona thing, like how big it has gotten. Uh, this year was gonna be the first year that I was gonna go play at South by Southwest. Same. So I was like stoked to like go and hang and like planning everything out. And then uh, I was like skateboarding with a buddy and I got the text message from the band like, hey, it's canceled. And I was, I was blown away. Yeah. Um, but that was also the first moment that I started taking it seriously. Like, mm -hmm. oh, like this could affect my friends and family and my life. And obviously like, so that was like eight days ago, nine days ago, something. Um, you know, it's gotten much more serious. <laughs> yeah, it feels like it just like kicked into overdrive. Yeah. Like out of nowhere, like everything started moving so fast. Yeah. Yeah. For us, it's like our daily life for everyone in Los Angeles, like our daily life is completely changed in the matter of like, it was like four days. Yeah, it was like as soon as the NBA suspended yeah. the season like that, like woke everyone up all of a sudden. Yeah. So crazy. Yeah, it's still so hard to like wrap my head around. Yeah, yeah, same. Still feels like it's starting to like settle in now that it's been like a week uh -huh. um but it's definitely still like very surreal yeah i think one of the comforting things that i felt is that like the whole world is kind of experiencing same. the same thing like it's not just one city or like one country yeah because i'm like i mean not to be like super pessimistic but i'm like i'm surprised that people aren't like rioting or something or like crazy shit isn't going on right now yeah it seems like people like for the most part and i say this cautiously and also knowing that today is uh mark what is today it's it's march 21st by the time this comes out who knows what's changed <laughs> Seriously. But as as of march 21st it there's i would be impressed if we ever hit a hundred percent of Americans like taking this super seriously mm. and like everyone being on the same page but it seems to me as far as like people I know and like what I'm seeing and reading it seems like most people are like doing the right thing and taking the necessary steps totally so hopefully you know enough people are doing what they should be doing that you know we can charge through it yeah that would be good that would be real good yeah. The, other, the other thing I've been thinking about, though, is like if we flatten the curve, which mm -hmm. is like a great thing to do for like the health, the health of individuals and for the stability of our healthcare system. But if we if we flatten the curve, that's also going to make the season of like Corona much longer. Mm -hmm. 
than it would. It's like how like how long do you think this self quarantine thing might last? I have no clue. I have no clue. I'm trying hard not to start like thinking about it and like trying to pinpoint a date. Like I know like I was supposed to be at the Troubadour on Friday night with a shameless plug, but with a great band called Babers. Um, That got rescheduled for August 1st. Oh, well, yeah. And like that feels far away, but it's like, is it? Exactly. Like, it's like, is that? Because I have another, I was supposed to have another gig on February, or February, April 3rd. Mm. Um, and that we're, like, working on finding the new date for. And it's like, well, is May, like, too soon? Like, they're, like, it just, it's so hard to quantify time right now. Um, so, like... I have no clue. I have no, like, best guess for when it's going to end. Like, I I would love to feel very strongly that by August, you know, we're able to be, like, having shows and, like, out and about and everything, but I, I just have no idea. Yeah, my fear is that, like, venues and large, like, places where a large amount of people will gather will probably be the last things to open up again. Absolutely. And it's like, I think, I don't know how like you feel about it and everything, but I know for me, like playing in like the smaller venues, like sometimes you look out and it's like, it doesn't like, even if you pack the room out, sometimes it doesn't always feel like there's a lot of people there depending on where you're playing. Uh And this has been an interesting exercise in like reframing what a lot of people is because now because like even like I think Hotel Cafe was one of the last venues to shut down oh wow and even that it's like you can kind of get a lot of people into Hotel Cafe totally can you or can you not like it's so that's been interesting to say like even if like so if the satellite is like half full Mm. you know that's still plenty of people when you're talking about you know a virus and a pandemic um so it's interesting because I think like a lot of people would think like oh well like the smaller LA venues and like the smaller venues I'm sure will like open quickly Mm. and it's like I don't know about that yeah I mean I I hope so just also so that like these venues can stick around like it would be so detrimental if any of these venues shut down because so that, it's going to be really sad if we start losing like really crucial incredible businesses to this yes um, yeah i wonder if they'll be able to open venues again at like like one tenth of the capacity and like enforce social distancing at and the show build it up so then like the satellite like to pack it out like you need like 40 people and the whole place the shit getting the shit end of the stick of getting <laughs> scheduled for earlier once we're all out back in and it's like cool so you can play the satellite but you can only have five people <laughs> like, <laughs> that would suck and it can only be like like duo bands because you can't have more than two people on stage right right, right. oh man the the reality like that's another interesting point like the reality of reintegration yeah. is really interesting to me 
like are we all gonna just like jump off our balconies like looking for human contact or is everyone gonna be like kind of like skittish for a while that's the thing so like so i i'm an avid runner i love running uh and so i've been running all more or less every day during all of this stuff and a couple days ago people were really like they'd like stop and they'd step away and they wouldn't smile but today and yesterday people are more like smiley and wavy and saying hello but like still keeping the social distance yeah um so yeah i hope that like things go back to being friendly uh not that not that los angeles is the friendliest city (laughs) in the world but um but yeah i'm 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 hopeful, I'm hopeful that society will return to working order. Yeah, I, uh, it's still just so surreal. That's always what, like, I keep coming back to with anyone that I've talked about it with. Like, eventually I just land on the point of, like, I feel like I've talked myself in circles. This is just weird. Like, at the end of the day, it's just really strange. It's unprecedented. 100%. And the, uh, we will never be the same our cities will never be the same our world will never be the same after this yeah it's the first modern plague and uh i think it's gonna change a lot of people's priorities well i just think about like anyone who's like having kids now or in the future like Mm -hmm. their kids are probably gonna be like my parents always keep like four packs of toilet paper and you know a box of masks and a box of like latex gloves and three containers of Clorox wipes and I don't get it like the way that like we talk about like oh like my parents always just have a drawer filled with like old plastic bags (laughs) like why do we like why do we do that like they're like just do it and I feel like that's gonna be what like kids who are raised by people who were like adults through this are going to be like we just keep so much stuff (laughs) yeah i mean honestly it's made me want to keep like a week of food or two weeks of food which is not something i was ever interested in before Mm -hmm. um like canned food or something or rice or whatever um because so like wednesdays and thursdays are my heavy teaching days Mm -hmm. and uh so it was last friday morning so uh yeah like eight days ago i went to the grocery store after like teaching and because friday is like my saturday i guess right and um i went to four different grocery stores and all i wanted was onions and eggs and there weren't any onions or eggs oh, in any okay. of the four grocery stores. And I just like that, it's, it, I don't know, it really started sinking in. It's, it's interesting the stuff that people aren't touching. Like, yeah. like when I went before like all of the panic really set in, but like people were starting to like hoard stuff. And when I went last week, like people weren't really touching Pop-Tarts. that feels like such a no-brainer to me to grab like a few boxes of pop-tarts it just feels like they're like you can warm them up you can eat them room temperature have them any time of day 
and they're not going to perish. <laughs> yeah, those things will last for years and years and years. Yeah, like I remember, like I'm from New Jersey originally, and I feel like any time like we knew like a snowstorm was coming, like Pop Tarts was like something that I could always depend on us having. Mm. So like I just feel like that. I was very surprised that like Pop Tarts weren't just gone. Yeah. I mean, I was grateful for it, but I was surprised. Does this quarantine feel like a snowstorm to you at all? You know, people keep saying, like, this isn't a snow day and everything. And people are like, you know, this isn't just, like, you know, a fun day off or whatever. And so I've been thinking about that. And I think the difference for me is that with, like, a snow day, like, I knew that, like, normalcy would return like in the very near future, like within a day or whatever. So I think this feels a little different because even like you could go out and play in the snow. And like, while I could definitely go take a walk and stuff, it's definitely still like, okay, but like, do I need to do it? If I don't need to do it, maybe I'll just stay put. Like there's a different, like going outside feels very different than it would. So I think it feels like, I don't think it quite feels like a snow day. I wish it felt like a snow day, but. Yeah, I've never experienced a snow day. I'm like California born and raised. Oh. So I don't know what that's like. So you never did the whole like pajamas inside out and backwards thing? Inside and out and backwards? What is that? Yeah, you've never heard of that? So that's the, um, that's like what you would do, what we would do as kids to like try and get it to snow. (laughs) You put on your pajamas inside out and backwards and ideally like you wake up and there's enough snow that like school is canceled. That's so cute. I didn't realize how strange it was until I said it to someone who had never heard of it. Yeah, I've definitely never heard of it before. Yeah, that, I don't, I would love to know where that came from. And then the other, like, similarly, the other thing that New Jersey has that no one else has is, like, Mischief Night. And this is taking things in a totally different direction, but the night before Halloween... Like the teen, it's like mischief night and the teener, the teenagers go out and like egg houses and like TP front lawns and everything. But like, it's only in New Jersey. Oh, so like, and, I, and like, I didn't know that. And most people from New Jersey don't realize that. So like, we would go like out into the rest of the world and be like, oh, it's mischief night. And everyone's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And it's just like this weird, bizarre thing that only happens in our state. That's crazy. I've never heard of Mischief Night. I mean, when I was in high school, we used to like TP our friends' houses and stuff. Yeah. But uh, it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a statewide organized. (laughs) No, it's weird. I don't know how much like people still participate in it. But like, it was definitely a thing. Like you would drive around the next day and like see toilet paper all over someone's house or whatever. And it would be like, well, it was Mischief Night. Was it a, uh, was it a fun thing or was it a malicious thing? I think it depends on who you ask. Uh, I never did it. Like I never took part in it and I have an older sister and she didn't either. She's even like nicer than I am. Um, (laughs) So like she never took part in it. I never took part in it. Um, And like we also, so like I grew up just like on a house on a main road. So like neighbors were like, spread out pretty far apart and everything so like I didn't really live in a development 
so I think I would have seen more of it if I lived in a development like we never really got affected but like I think it was like much of Halloween stuff like fun for kids but annoying for adults yeah. to some degree so like I I would really be curious to know like how intense it still is but it was definitely like a thing like I remember being like oh like you try to get home a little early hmm. to like avoid mischief night and stuff wild That's strange state kids and their traditions it's there's just nothing to do in new jersey huh that's got to be why it happens i think that's why anything happens in new jersey i think it's all born out of there being nothing to do is it just like a lot of suburbia so there's there's like a lot of like rural and farm areas mm -hmm. and then there are some like more like city type places and everything but like for the most like where i grew up it's like dead center middle of the state mm. and it's like much more like farmland and stuff like to get to like my town was so small that like we don't actually have like a fire department or a police department if something what? happens like new jersey sheriff comes through Whoa. and we have, yeah and like we have um we have like volunteer firefighters and emts whoa yeah and uh it's like 15 minutes bare minimum to get into like like to get to a grocery store or like the mall and stuff so it's like a little like deader and on the smaller side it's like i always joke it's like you go bowling you play music you do drugs like like you pick your categories there or like or you fuck around at the mall but like for the most part you kind of land with something in there and everything were like sports an option so yeah because there's like the only so there was let me see what was there so for a while the nets were technically a new jersey team okay uh the devils like for hockey, yeah. still hockey. New jersey team, of course um and then the jets like football uh -huh. were or it were the new jersey jets because yeah. metlife or what used to be the meadowlands uh that's actually in new jersey like where the Jets and the Giants play. Oh, and wow. they decided that both of them were going to be New York. They moved the Nets to Brooklyn. And then the Devils are still there. But then we also had, um, for MLS, like Major League Soccer, we had the Metro Stars. Nice. Which is the most incredible name for any sports franchise <laughs> ever. But so we had Metro Stars, but then I believe, I'm not sure if like technically the team folded or if they're the organization that became uh, the New York Red Bulls. But like pretty much you have, so you have the Devils and then you have New Jersey Sky Blue, which is um, the NWSL, the women's soccer team. Mm. So that's all there is for like pro sports in new jersey and everything but like you still have like you know playing in school and everything and then there's like rutgers there so you know mm -hmm. a lot of like rutgers fans but mostly you get like the top half of the state is divided up between all the new york sports and then the lower half goes to philadelphia interesting no yeah the the most most of the stories i've heard about new jersey is like people who live in New Jersey but then spend most of their time in New York City. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like this weird thing where like you're kind of, especially where I was being like so specifically in the center it's like you're halfway between New York and Philadelphia. 
Wow. You're just like looking right outside of like stuff Mm -hmm. and knowing that like things happen somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's kind of this whole attitude of like, like anytime like someone else says New Jersey sucks, it's like, no, New Jersey's great and everything. And then you get a group of people from New Jersey together and we're all like, New Jersey sucks. Um, so it's like we're all like weirdly defensive of this state that like most of us don't particularly love yeah Um, I'm so nervous now that like a bunch of people from New Jersey are gonna find this and be like you're a traitor like shut your mouth (laughs) um I just like started sweating with like what if I get like banned from ever coming back to New Jersey Um, (laughs) yeah it like it feels very and especially like growing up as a musician like it feels very like staring out a window at all of the action wild yeah it's a strange place yeah tell me about your early experiences with music so I like from day one like I always remember just loving music Mm. and even like I know my mom would say like we would be listening to the radio and it would be a song I had never heard and by the time like the second chorus came around I would be singing the chorus Mm. like I would remember like the words or be like humming the melody and stuff um so the anyone who knows this story who's watching this is gonna hate me because they've heard it a million times but but, so like fifth grade was the year that you finally got to join the school band so I was like stoked I was like this is my time to shine and we were at a family barbecue at my uncle's house and everyone was like well what are you gonna play like what instrument are you gonna pick I was like I don't know like I didn't even get that far I was just like, I'm going to get any instrument. And so my uncle was like, well, you know, your cousin used to play trumpet, but he doesn't play anymore. You can just have his trumpet if you do trumpet. And I was like, I play trumpet now. This is my life's passion. And so within eight weeks of lessons, like at the school, it was just not working. And like we had two dogs at the time who would lose their minds anytime I would try and practice and then the minute I would stop playing like they were totally common show like a switch had flipped and so like I was working so hard like I was practicing every day so the band teacher calls my mom and is like so this isn't working and my mom was like she works so hard though she's practicing every day and my teacher was like we know and like that's the problem like like she's putting in the work and we know she's doing the work but it's just not happening so my mom was like what do we do and mrs gwen parker said if you trust me i have an idea i would like to try her on the drums and so that's it's been that ever since wow yeah so was it drum set at that point or was it snare drum so it was all snare drum at that point. I remember the like the lesson periods were like 40 minutes or however long like a class period is in middle school. And I remember I I don't re- I wish I had like better memory of like the lead up to it of like what I had been told was going to happen. But I remember going in for and it was just like a catch up lesson like to see if it was going to work with her. And I remember she would say like okay, so this is, you know, a flam and I would do it and she would say, great, and turn the page. And we blew through the eight weeks in that one period. Hell yeah. 
yeah, it was like so meant to be. Yeah. I have no clue what she saw that like led her to knowing that that was the right move. But I mean, total walk off grand slam, like just nailed it. So um, interesting. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's so incredible. And I think all the time about like, what if it was a different teacher who like maybe didn't really care about their job that much anymore? Like, and was just like, this kid sucks, can't be in band. Or someone who like, let me continue trying to do the trumpet and be like the laughing stock of the school band or whatever. Um, so at that point, like fifth grade, it was all like, just like symphonic band essentially. So like it was a snare drum or bass drum or like doing like a suspended cymbal roll, tambourine, triangle, whatever. And then the next year, um, so the way that like our school did it, it was fifth grade band, which was like beginner band, and then sixth grade band, and then seventh and eighth graders were in wind ensemble. And seventh and eighth graders had the opportunity to audition for jazz band. Mm. So sixth grade was like sixth grade band, more of the same. And like we all, like they started introducing drum set to us. And at that point I was like, I don't really want to do this. Like, I really just want to do like classical percussion or whatever. Like I really had it in my head of like, I will be a classical percussionist. Like I will be in symphonies and orchestras. And like, I don't really know. And like, cause people would always ask like, so drum set? And I was like, no, absolutely not. Like, I just really like got invested in this idea of being like a classical musician. Mm -hmm. And then they started introducing drum set to us. And I was like, oh, this is, kind of awesome and so in sixth grade parents got me a drum set and that same teacher reached out to my parents and was like I think you should really consider private instruction for her um, so started doing that so then seventh grade made jazz band as a seventh grader cool which was like well and they only took like two at most three drummers for that so it was like a pretty big deal to get into it as a seventh grader. Like it was kind of like considered like the eighth graders territory. Totally. So it was like, it was really cool. And it was a nice like confidence booster to get into that. Yeah. So that's like the first four years of, uh, you know, my musical journey and everything. That's huge. Yeah. It's a wacky story. Uh, it's, it makes sense. It's funny. My second instrument mm -hmm. is also my main instrument. Really? So we have that in common. I love that. What was your first instrument? I started on the drums. No way. I did. And I wow. loved it. Yeah. I absolutely loved it. I had this, I had this teacher who walked with a limp and I mm -hmm. thought he was so cool because he is cool. Shout, yeah. out, shout out to Ken. I love but, it. But uh, basically, I wasn't practicing, and my parents were like, fuck this. If you're not going to practice, we're not going to pay for your lessons. Yeah. So, but, my, but my dad's a, a, a really good guitar player. So mm -hmm. I was like, dad, like, teach me how to play guitar. And uh, he taught me how to play Pipeline, which is this like surf rock tune. And then he taught me how to play Blackbird by the Beatles. And it was like all over. From That's amazing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Neither of my parents are musical. Mm. So like that's super cool that like it was kind of passed down 
and from your dad and everything. Totally. Yeah. It's cool. Like we'll still play sometimes and it's really, it's really fulfilling to play music with, uh, with my dad. I don't know. It's a special thing. Yeah. 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 It sounds nice. Like my, my dad, um, he and my mom apparently like to prep for their wedding took like a dance class and it was so bad with my dad that the dance instructor was like, I think you should just like sit off to the side and watch. Like my dad just has absolutely no rhythm. Oh man. Yeah. So like, it's very funny that like, I ended up being a drummer. Totally. Cause he like cannot clap to find the beat, like to save his life. Yeah, it's funny. I have a, I have a student right now where I'm working on her it for that exact thing is uh-huh. to like hear the song and clap along with it because yeah. we're learning a Sufjan Stevens song. Great that, taste. Oh yeah, incredible. Yeah. Um, that like doesn't have like a drum track, so it's difficult to hear the beat and to play yeah. along with it. So I have her clapping along on these different tracks that do have drum beats. Mm-hmm. and uh she's she's picking it up she's yeah. getting it yeah it's um it's wild to have well i was gonna say it's wild to have students that seem like like they can't keep with the beat or they can't like sing on pitch or something and um i've had some successes with like like people that you might write off as not being able to do something and yeah. just like slowly but surely. That's great. Come around to it. Yeah. That's the best. Yeah. And I, like, I think it's good on like a human level to have mm-hmm. this thing that like you want to do, but are really struggling with and then to like find a way to like hurdle over that. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. I'm trying to think about the last time that happened to me. Mm-hmm. And I can't think, I think maybe like, uh, I just, <laughs> I'm like, all my life I've been trying to figure out how to not overeat. <laughs> my, my whole life. Yes. <laughs> and I've tried so many different, so many different options. So I think that's the thing that I'm working on right now. This is a good time for that. Oh, hundred percent. Cause yeah. like, uh, I just get to like lock down and focus and, and figure it all out. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to think what the last like big hurdle was for me as well. Um, you know, I think like getting more acclimated to the business side uh, of what we do and feeling comfortable being like, hey, this is my rate. Like, totally. no, I will not do this for this or like stuff like that and like kind of like putting my foot down, standing up for myself. Like one of the things that I was saying when all of the like coronavirus stuff first happened and when like everyone was having conversations of like, hey, like, do we cancel this rehearsal? Do we cancel this, you know, gig or whatever was like, so like as a session musician, like I'm my own business. Mm. So like I'm the CEO, I am the board of directors, I am all of the hourly workers you know, I'm all of that. So it's like having to wear like all those hats and everything doesn't necessarily come natural to me. And like, so like the importance of like advocating for myself 
and feeling willing to say like, no, I'm not comfortable with this situation, mm-hmm. you know, for X, Y, and Z. And obviously it's all, you know, within reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think like the standing up for myself in like professional settings has been like a nice hurdle to feel like I've, you know, gotten a little bit over and started to make progress with. Yeah. I, I love to hear that. What, like how, how has the response been? Like when you have stood up for yourself? Um, I think a lot of, I think some people were a little bit surprised. I'm trying to think of like some of the clearer examples in my head. Um, I know that most of my friends are very happy to hear that I'm like kind of standing up for myself a little bit more. And I think I've gotten a lot of empathy from people that like I am learning how to do this. Mm. So it doesn't always come out perfectly. And I try to be pretty good about circling back and being like, hey, I think that tone was not what I was going for. So just in case, you know, this is what I was trying to get at, I'm sorry. And like, you know, really owning that it's like a learning process and everything. Um, but it's it's been really good when I've gotten like success with it. Yeah. Um, Cause it, it's tough to know when to put your foot down and when not to. And like, especially like musically speaking, it's like, none of these are my songs. So like, if I'm gonna fight for something, I need to be really sure. And I need to feel 100% that like, it's worth it. Like not even just that I'm right, but that like, it's worth arguing over. Um, But I think it's been interesting. And I was curious to see how it was gonna continue to carry over through the year. So hopefully, hopefully we can all get back to, you know, our stuff soon. But it's uh, it's been good. Hundred percent. That's that's really dope. I I hope it's also like illuminating for you, like the people that actually value absolutely your time and skills, yeah. and the people that don't actually value you. Hundred percent. It's been like a couple of weeks or a couple of months, if I'm being honest, of learning. Like, okay, who knows me as well as I thought they did? Mm who is as collaborative as they say they are, who has a clear picture of, who has the clearest picture of what they want compared to like, like what they're saying they have, like who really knows what they want. Um, And like just continuing to like, but it's also been like navigating with people like, okay, maybe that wasn't the right approach with this person. Like, and kind of navigating all of that and finding, like, okay, how do we all talk to each other in a way where it's very clear that, like, we all want what's best for each other or in a musical sense, like, what's best for the song? Like, how do we all make sure that it's very clear that that's the heart of the issue and that, like, we're all just trying to make, you know, the art be as great as it can be? A hundred percent. It's so strange with music because on the one hand, it is this business and then we should like treat ourselves like CEOs, exactly like what you're saying. But on the other hand, it's so much stuff is based off of friendship. Yeah. Cause like at the end of the day, when someone's deciding who they want to take on tour with them, like their knee jerk reaction is like, 
well, like, who do I get along with? Like, who are my friends that I want to take out or take into the studio or whatever? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think you're right going about it on like a case by case basis and it's okay. It's okay to treat all of those relationships as unique because they are totally unique. Yeah. And like, it's been really hard for me to make room for like music as a business just because like I do feel so strongly like I don't think finances should hold someone back from being able to make their art and say what they need to say but at the same time like self-fulfillment doesn't pay the bills for any of us totally um so it's like having a little bit more like empathy for myself of if I need to take a gig for the check fine you know if you know and just like kind of acknowledging like that there's room for me to kind of say like hey like this is what I need so it's been a journey it's been interesting and it's one of those things that like I'm really lucky in that a lot of the people that I work with are really good business minds so like it's been I've been able to like really learn from them and be able to go to them and be like hey Like, I'm kind of, like, working through this and, like, kind of talk it out and, like, bounce stuff off of each other and everything. But it's definitely been, like, that moral, you know, dilemma of, like, but everyone should be able to sing if they want to sing. But also, like, okay, I do bring something to the table and I do put in a lot of work and that's worth compensating. So. Absolutely. Yeah, it's been a lot to wrap my head around. Yeah, it's, it's a wild... It's a wild thing. So wild. Yeah, the way that I've been doing it is like uh, I just I teach for money, and mm-hmm. then uh, I really don't have very many like musical gigs that pay. Most right. of my musical gigs are just free, whether that's my shit or like bands that I'm playing with. And um, I think I've largely made those decisions because like coming out of college, I made all of my money like on gigs. And uh, it was a little bit of like a burnout thing for me because I really wanted to be playing like my own songs. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That, that's how I've been doing it so far. But now with like the Corona stuff, it's like I'm, I'm a lot of those lessons are transitioning to online. Yeah. Which I'm so stoked to still be able to like make some money. Right. Uh, but teaching online, that's, that's a different world. No, it it doesn't seem easy. Crazy. So I, uh, I definitely uh, respect you for giving it a go. Giving it a try. Do you uh, do you have any students? No, I. Everyone kept telling me like you got to get into teaching and everything, yeah. and I was like, I really don't think that's like who I am. Totally. Like, like I don't think it's gonna work. And I tried. It's just like man, like this is just not me which sucks right now when we're in a position where it's like, I could be giving online lessons. Mm. Um, but like, it's, it's interesting because my sister, my older sister is a teacher. She's a kindergarten special ed inclusion teacher. Oh, wow. So I'm like, I think the universe gave her all of the teaching genes. <laughs> like, I think like, cause like I think about what she does and like the patience that she has and like all that stuff. And I'm just like, I don't have that. Like, I wouldn't describe myself as an impatient person, yeah. but I definitely don't have, like, teacher patience. 
Yeah, it takes a lot of patience. Yeah. Especially online. <laughs> yeah, it's been crazy. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I just can't, like, all the problems that you can run into with the online teaching. Oh, yeah. Like, like, I know, like, with my mom, when we've been FaceTiming, every time I've answered the phone, she's had the camera in the wrong direction. <laughs> so I just imagine a student, oh, like, yeah, like yeah. logging on to, like, Zoom, Skype, FaceTime, and, like, the student is just, like, cool, here's my lick, and you're just like, I can't see your hands. Like, <laughs> you're like, I'm looking at the wall. Yeah, it's, it's pretty hilarious, but I'm, I, I think I'm, I think I'm beginning to figure it out. Nice. I think the trick is, is that you really need to prepare for each lesson, mm -hmm. and like, make sure, like, to, like, prepare a sheet and email it so that, like, it's, it's, uh, that I know exactly what we're going to be going through. Yeah, um, yeah, because before how I would do it, I would just have all my students like keep track of their assignments in this book. And then each time that we'd get together, it would be clear to me like what I would have to assign them next. Right. So I could kind of like improvise the lessons in a way. Um, so now I'm having to like prepare for them instead of improvising. Yeah. No, that sounds like a lot of work. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's cool. I'm thankful, thankful to have any work. I'm not trying to complain, but uh, it is, you know, I, I think I, hopefully, it'll teach me something about my character, life, or something. I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I think we're all gonna, you know, walk out of this a little different. Yeah. You know, or the other. Yeah, a hundred percent. Okay, so you play in a million bands I in do. Los Angeles. I feel like every time I go out, <laughs> you're playing in one of the bands. <laughs> I've, I've probably seen you play drums 12 times and never has that ever been in the same band. That's so funny. That is <laughs> such a compliment too. That's super cool. You're, you're in demand, but I, I would like to know like, like right now, I mean, yeah no one's playing because of corona but if corona wasn't a thing how many projects are you involved in right now so to give you the rundown of what my calendar was supposed to be yeah last week it was looking very likely that i was going to be going to south by southwest uh with i hope they're okay that i'm saying that we were possibly doing south by southwest um the great band called city of sound cool um they are it's guitar, violin, uh, keys and vocal, and then drums. And that, like, I auditioned and locked that in like a month ago. Cool. So that, like, I've been itching to get like the first gig, like under my belt mm -hmm. and everything. So that was going to be last week for South by Southwest. Then last night, so that's, let me get the dates here just for the sake of, just because. So, oh, good. yeah, so last night, March 20th, was supposed to be at Headlining the Troubadour for Babers uh, for their album release show. Oh, yeah. They are a incredible dark pop duo. Mm -hmm. they, I saw the first time I saw Lisa play at, like, an open mic years ago and just, like, fell in love with, like, mm -hmm. her voice, 
the sound, like the songwriting, everything. And then Dana joined in and it was like, whoa, like it somehow got better. Um, So they finally put out their debut album yesterday and we were supposed to be celebrating that last night at the Troubadour. Uh, PSA, that's now August 1st. If you're around, uh, please come because everyone's really bummed that this didn't happen last night. Uh, So then tonight and tomorrow, uh, I was supposed to be in in LA tonight and then in Ojai tomorrow with a band called The Eyes. Um, I got with them because uh, John Batrell is in that band. I don't know exactly what he plays in that band because he plays like 10 million things, but he produced a record that I worked on last year. So I was supposed to do two gigs with his band. And then April 3rd was supposed to be at House of Machines with Tom Sless celebrating that record, mm. which is the one that we did with John. Yeah. So that album comes out this Friday, March 27th. So that was supposed to be April 3rd, uh, that album release show. And then um, June 6th is supposed to be a City of Sound show at a Winona Earp fan convention. Oh, wow. Which great TV show, incredible community of fans. Uh-huh. So really looking forward to that. The convention hasn't been canceled or postponed as of yet. Um, I think everyone's kind of crossing our fingers that like we'll mm. be good to go by then. Yeah. And then the following weekend uh, was supposed to be playing at Pride. And I don't know if I can give more okay. details on that. So I'm not going to give more details on that just Fine. to be safe. But that would have, but Pride got postponed. Oh, wow. So, like, I was starting to, like, fill up. And, like, for me, a lot of stuff comes up, like, it's pretty rare that I have stuff that far out. Mm. Like, things, it's kind of like, oh, cool, like, gig in two weeks, are you around? Yeah. Um, so, I was expecting to have a busy April and May. Mm. Um, so, that's... And then, like, you know, who knows what could have popped up recording-wise. Totally. Um, so that's, like, that's what I was looking at, like, officially on the books. And, like, what I was supposed to be doing and working with right now. So that's, like, seven or eight projects. Yeah, and then there's, um, just to be, like, make sure I'm not playing favorites with anyone. Um yeah. This feels so douchey to just be running down like a list. Um, you are not, I'm very interested to know. We asked, yeah. I'm um, very interested. There's another incredible singer that I play with, uh, Marissa Barbalato. Uh-huh. Uh, so she, I think she has some songs that are about to come out. Who knows what's like happened with that with Corona and everything. Uh. But um, they, like we were looking to kind of do something in May. Uh. So, so I play for her. And then there is a great uh, duo called Dark Play, uh-huh. which um, it's Sergio and Max from Cold Violets. If you or anyone listening knows them and they have like this like 80s, like the cure kind of like side project. Yeah. So I play with, I've played a few shows with them and really love that. And then um, a great like, kind of like power pop punk thing uh cowboy boy they like i've heard of them actually yeah that i love anytime olivia calls me i am so happy it's like josie and the pussycats but like today Um, so like i love doing that anytime like 
anytime her name pops up on my phone, I'm like, please be a cowboy boy gig. Hell yeah. Um, so that's like pretty much everything. So you're literally in like 13 pants right now. There, there's a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking sick. It's incredible. Like I wake up every day and I'm just like, holy shit. Yeah, you're absolutely killing it. It, thank you. It's the it's the dream. Like I think all drummers like have this thing where we want to just be playing as much as we can. Mm. So and it's really cool because like no two projects sound the same. Yeah. Like I get to be like a different, you know, flex a different muscle with everyone. Hell yeah. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. All right. I gotta I gotta be honest and say that I gotta pee real bad. Do it. So I'm gonna go do that. We'll just leave, we'll leave the stream going. Perfect. And then I'll come back and we'll pick up. Is that cool? Okay, absolutely. And we're back from a quick little pee break. Woo. I honestly had to go real bad. <laughs> and I was also in need of some more whiskey, which I'm happy to have found. Yeah. But we were just talking about the 13 different projects that you're in. <laughs> <laughs> it, it doesn't feel like a ton because like as of now nothing has been like in the busiest season at the same time uh, which is was already kind of on the verge of changing but now it's definitely going to change hmm. when corona ends because everyone's going to want to hit the ground running absolutely so that's going to be interesting um but yeah i am just like so fortunate yeah. and it's i've been out here for five years now so like I've been like trying to build a network and like build, you know, all the skills that I would need and just like build the, you know, foundation of like the career that I want. So it feels good to like really see stuff starting to solidify. And again, just like the most grateful for all of it. Hell yeah. yeah. In, in all your different projects, yeah. how much, how much, or it's I don't exactly know how to ask this question but like how often do you find yourself playing your voice in the project compared to maybe like really tailoring the parts that you're playing for the genre and the sound of the band so this is actually a super fun question cool. um so with Babers uh lisa who is one of so the the two official band members are lisa hagan dana cargioli this is the strangest time to realize i've never said dana's last name out loud <laughs> we've been friends for like two years now so i really hope that was right That's so, <laughs> um, so it well because now with online like we all just type yeah. in each other so like i've never yeah. like but anyway yeah. um so Lisa's first instrument were the drums. Oh, so wow. She, so with writing and everything, and I'm not on the new record. Uh, that's mm -hmm. another incredible drummer, Jason Rodriguez. Mm -hmm. um, but Lisa writes the parts. She has such a clear idea in her head of what they're supposed to sound like. Mm -hmm. And I think if you listen to the record, it's so clear that it's like this integral voice and it's this extra way that she's expressing herself mm. musically and everything. So the, the interesting thing with that gig is that it's like, if they wanted a robot, they would just play to a track. Totally. But 
they do want the parts to all be played note for note. Interesting. So, which is super fun for me at this point because it's this really fun, like, creative exercise of, okay, how do I still be me? Yeah. When, like, I'm given exactly what to play. Mm. Like, how do I still, like, find a way to, like, put myself into it mm. and, like, find my voice within it? Um, so that's really fun. And then um juxtaposed to Tom Sless who is a um he's like I think he's shit what did he, he's gonna kill me because I can't remember exactly what he said he said <laughs> it's it's Petty's Wildflowers with Springsteen's Thunder Road because yeah. I would always say it's like Petty meets Springsteen oh, and okay. he's like tell them like it's Wildflowers meets Thunder Road and I was like that's a hundred percent correct <laughs> and I should be saying that oh. um and we like we have a really special relationship musically mm. where he feels very confident that like I'm always like bringing to the table what he needs and right. what he's wanting um but he I mean he's also an incredibly talented multi-instrumentalist mm. so when I would get the songs from him because um, I've been playing with him for about two years now as well mm. um and most of the time he'd be like this is what I want, like, for the most part, but, you know, um, toss in some of your own fills, like, if something, and, like, he's usually pretty clear about, like, no, I specifically want this, um, like, if there's something that's really important to him to be played or voiced that specific way, and even on the record, there are, like, one or two things where he's, like, I really want this fill to be exactly this, um, but for the most part, there's a lot of room for me to like kind of put some of myself into it and there's also a ton of room for me to be like hey I have this idea can I try something mm -hmm. um and even if he decides he doesn't like it you know he there's still that we still leave that time um yeah. so it's interesting because I feel like I get to be equally myself musically in both places wow but like it's being done very very differently yeah um, and like, I wanted to make that clear with favors because I don't want it to sound like, oh, they're so mean, like, they don't let me play my own stuff, like, because that's not like what it is. And that's not how I feel about it. Um, again, like when you listen to those parts, like, it's really hard to imagine anything else there. Like, those are the right parts. So it's not like, and like, Lisa and I have talked about this. I've said this to her before. So I have no problem saying it here. Yeah. Like, I never listen to it and think like, excuse me like oh man I, I would have done something different there mm. like nah I don't know about that like oh why did she do that like every time it's there I'm like yeah that's the part mm. like it's so clear that that's what should be there yeah so to me it's like I'm not gonna get in the way of that mm. like why why would I try and like insert myself like that like that's the part and they're great parts they're fun parts they add so much um so it's fun and it's been like a cool, like I've been playing drums for 18 years now. Yeah. And this is the first time that someone's like really locked it down that much. Yeah. Of like note for note, it, I want it like exactly like the record. Yeah. So that's yeah. been really, really fun mm. for me. And I know that it wouldn't be the right fit for some people, which sure. I can and can't understand, but it's like the people are good and the music is great why would I try and get in the way of any of it? Um, yeah. So it, it's like, a, it's a pretty good balance of both. And like, 
with dark play, like for the most part, I'm playing exactly what's on the record. Um, Cowboy Boy, I get like some freedom, but I don't stray too far because again, those parts are pretty specific. Um, So I don't mess around too much. So I feel like I have a good balance of like play the record and find a way to be yourself within that. And then like that, like extra room to like try some stuff and all of that. So it's fun. It's like a really fun batch that I've got right now. Hell yeah. Yeah. I think what I'm kind of hearing is that like in all these different projects, you're just as respected as a musician. Oh, thank you. And like maybe that like, I don't know, maybe it's like you're, you're thirsty for that like respect first. Yeah. And then like it's not, it's not so important to, and correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe it's like not so important to you who's coming up with the drum parts absolutely as much as like just that everyone is respected and that the best drum parts are being played yeah 100 percent. and like to get like super super deep with it yeah i know what it's like when i'm trying to say something and everyone around me isn't listening or is trying to bend my words or manipulate what I'm saying and take it out of context or whatever. So it's really important to me, whether it be live, especially recording, but it's super, super crucial to me that I make sure that the story is being told the way the writer wants it to be told Mm. and to keep that integrity. And like, cause I mean, songs are a time capsule. They're a memory, you know, they're these super interesting things where someone is so moved by something in whatever direction that they want to take it and immortalize it mm. for like three minutes. Totally. Um, and so I want to be super respectful at all times of the fact that like, this is something that mattered to someone that much. Yeah. Um, and if, you know, if someone needs me to be an ideas person, I can step in and give that. And I'm happy to like, there's a really good quote from Rashida Jones on the off camera podcast, talking about when she was with Pixar, working towards like Toy Story 4. And she said that like in that writer's room, she became, she learned how to not be afraid to give a bad idea because from that bad idea, someone else might have a good idea. Totally. Like, so I will throw spaghetti at the wall. Yeah. Like I will throw percussive pasta at the wall and like see what sticks. And even if I know that it's not gonna work, I will put it out there because maybe that's the thing that leads to finding what does. And also if someone knows what they want and has it all figured out and just needs me to execute it, I can do that too. I'm, I've never been, like, very, like, show-offy behind the kit. Like, I just want to lay down the solid foundation, and I want anyone playing with me to feel like there's a strong home base, and, like, there's someone, like, setting the vibe, setting the tone, and they, like, if something goes wrong, that, like, if, like, no matter what's happening on stage, they're, like, I'm gonna hold it down. So that's, that's 100% the most important thing to me. Fuck yeah. And it's obvious that you're like providing a service that's of value to people because you're playing in so many different projects. So 
what you're doing is obviously working. So I just looked at my face and saw how red my cheeks got. (laughs) (laughs) It's just the, it's just the camera. It's just the computer. Yeah, the camera. I'm not blushing. It's fine. Totally. Totally. No, but, um, shit, I was kind of on a thought train and I just jumped off it. I cut you off. I jumped off the train. Sorry. Oh, well, I was going to say that, like, I'm, like, it's obvious that other people are really satisfied with the service that you're providing, but I'm really happy to hear that you're also satisfied with the situations that you're playing in, and, like, everybody's happy. It sounds like a fairly ideal situation. It's really amazing, and, like, it's interesting for you to put it like that, because this, this might be the first time that I've thought about, like, how many projects I'm a part of and how mutually happy like yeah. how much mutual happiness is in all of them. And that is like very special. And I don't take that lightly, um, yeah. you know, cause again, like I, I respect that like, and like for some people it's not this deep. Some people just want a drummer that can play. Totally. Like For some people it is very specific of like, these are songs that are really personal to me. Yeah. I need to trust on a personal level, this person being part of the band and being part of like bringing them to life totally mm-hmm. so even if we don't like each other necessarily i still want people to know that like i respect what's happening and i like i do take it seriously when someone is like hey i want you to play these songs like it does mean a lot and i do try and respect whatever is being said and whatever emotion is being expressed hell yeah this whole time you've been talking about like wanting to honor the writer and like the the vision that the writer has have you ever taken that position of the writer yourself (laughs) not particularly are you interested in that at all or not really i i used to do a lot of like creative writing as a kid and like even into high school and everything and somewhere along the line I just got way more comfortable and satisfied like speaking through the drums like I can I can walk off stage and even though it's someone's song like someone else's words I can still feel like I've said something and maybe the audience doesn't necessarily pick up on that every now and then someone will be like hey like it felt like there was something extra in there from you um and that I mean that's once in a blue moon to be clear um but you know it's I just feel that's just where I feel most comfortably speaking at this point in my life so I mean anything can happen technically but I think at this point like I feel more that like my life's work is just like helping everyone around me to tell their stories and I get to you know say my piece through that hell yeah that's 100% what you're doing so thank you yeah no it's it's nice to feel like I'm doing what I try to do hell yeah yeah it sucks when like you're working towards something and like you're not getting the result you want like where there's that disconnect and like the lack of awareness so like it's really cool because like we've never played together Mm -hmm. which we should do that when this is all over that would be so much fun um but like it's cool to hear someone like from an outside perspective like you know say that and everything so thank you you're so welcome yeah hell yeah your yeah. reputation precedes you i think That's yeah true. yeah i mean it's coming from like a small town in new jersey mm. like straight to los angeles totally 
is like and I definitely came here knowing like okay this is gonna take some time so it does feel cool to have like a little bit of a reputation going you know whether it be good or bad it's, it's interesting that like people are like and like people do come up to me after gigs and be like hey I think I saw you play like a week ago somewhere and like stuff like that so it's cool to be like it's also just cool to feel like I'm cementing myself in like the Los Angeles music scene because it's huge out here and there's so much talent. Hell yeah. If if I can be part of that, that feels incredibly special. Fuck yeah. Yeah. It's a special Fuck place yeah. to be. Yeah, Los Angeles, I feel like a part of me takes it for granted because I grew up at least in the suburbs around here i live in pasadena now so you can argue whether or not that's a that's la (laughs) but we are technically on legal lockdown here in pasadena so that 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 is an argument for big yeah but um god i'm i'm losing my trains of thoughts talking about Uh, music scene what's that la music scene yeah we were talking about taking for granted Oh yeah, taking for granted here. I switched back and forth between feeling like I take it for granted because like growing up around here um, and then also like maybe I am like starry-eyed, like think it's the most incredible thing because I grew up here and I haven't really seen much else. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've visited other places, but I haven't like lived anywhere else or tried to like gig too much anywhere else. I did like a... I did like a DIY like house show tour up to Seattle like a couple years ago, but it was nothing too much. But um, I'm curious like what advice you might have for someone trying to move from the small town to a big town. They want to be a drummer. Give yourself time. You, You have to be patient. Like it's... I mean, I think you have to allow room to grow and, like, for your network to build anywhere. Yeah. Especially somewhere, like, out here. Like, for the first two, for the first year I was out here, I really only knew actors. Uh. It took me, which, like, that's fine, but, like, when you're trying to get into music, like, Mm -hmm. you don't really have someone to network. Like, there's no networking there, necessarily. Um, Because, like, it's not, like, oh, well, come sit in with my band. Like, oh, we should jam sometime. It's like, oh, well, you could be in my web series. It's like, I don't want to do that. Like, no. Um, And even, like, I would say only really within the last, like, year and a half, two years did my, like, social circle and, like, even my professional, like, networking circle really start to solidify. Um, So I would say, like, one, like, give yourself time to adjust. And if you hate it for reasons that don't have anything to do with your career, then find a new place. Mm. But if you're looking, if it's been like two years and you're like, oh, I'm not like on the Grammys already. Mm. It's like, okay, pause, take a breath, like give it some time. You know, nothing is overnight, no matter what they want you to think. Um, and like, I think, I think people just need to know, like, it's nothing can really prepare you for how much bigger the pond is out here compared to like, like the big fish, small pond thing. And then you get to the big city and it's like, it's a culture shock. 
Mm. But like, just give yourself time to adjust and be good to yourself and be patient and just keep plugging away and, you know, people will notice and you'll find the right people and the right projects and stuff. But mm. you just got to give it time. It's good advice. How, uh, when did you move to Los Angeles? Uh, so I moved in August of 2014. Oh, cool. So six so, years. So coming up on six years. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Hell Which yeah. Crazy. It feels like no time and all the time. Totally. All at once. Totally. I'm I'm curious to hear a little bit about like the bullet points of the lifestyle of being a drummer, because in the big city, so uh, being a drummer is unique in that like maybe there's not a backline, maybe you're bringing your kit to all your gigs and then maybe you have to pay for a lockout just so that you can practice, which other instrumentalists don't have to do. And maybe you have to drive a specific kind of a car and you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. run me through like, how is your life different because you're a drummer compared okay. to some other So guys? I will go in backwards order to okay. the three bullet points that you just listed. And then oh, yeah. we can go more from there, but I'll start with with that. So I drive a Prius V. Hell yeah. Which is the longer Prius. It fits a four-piece drum set with a gear case. Um, oh. We have done mini tours. Like with Babers, we've done it like twice. Once as a three-piece where I had a floor tom and some like percussion. And then we had two amps and I think three guitars plus merch bins, mm -hmm. and then like the three people. Um, and then another time we did um, just like snare, uh, the electronics, um, cymbals and pedals. And then, oh, we always have the guitar pedal boards as well, both times. Mm -hmm. And then I think two or three guitars, a bass. Mm -hmm. And I forget what amps we had for that. I think we had at least one amp plus merch and then four people in that car yeah. um so the prius v the length was for the drum set and the prius was because i did not want to deal with an suv with california gas prices um and i wanted something with so i wanted something with really really good mileage but i knew that it had to be a little bit bigger yeah. so i drive the prius v specifically for all those reasons Dope. so that's that and then i do pay for a lockout which sucks especially right now because mm -hmm. i am sitting in my third floor apartment building mm -hmm. with no access to drums um but Do you so you have roommates no it's just me hell yeah so yeah so like i have a practice pad but like i was just telling um a friend earlier today like a couple of weeks ago, or no, I guess this around this time last year, I am a big women's sports fan. So I was watching a WNBA game mm -hmm. and I had the practice pad like on my coffee table and I was like doing like some hand exercises while watching the game. Mm -hmm. So that's like over an hour of just constant drumming. And finally the people below me started like banging on the ceiling. And I was like, oh shit, they were hearing all of that. So, like, I also just have to be super careful about, like, even with the practice pad, I have to be so careful about, like, where I have it, like, and especially now that everyone's home all the time. Damn. So that's, that's been interesting. But so I have a lockout, which is nice because it's, like, 
if I can't sleep and it's 2 a.m., I can roll up and play drums for an hour and then come back home. Um, It also works because I'm starting to get into, like, self-recording. Yeah. Nice to have a space to do that. Yeah. Um, So that's that one. So that's an additional expense that I have. I know some drummers who just have, like, an electronic kit that they keep in their apartment or um, will just go rent, like, hourly at one of the rehearsal studios, like Amp or Bedrock, and just get in, like, their practice, like, every other day or whatever there, and they feel that that's cheaper. Um, For me, I like knowing that I can have everything set up. I can leave cases there and everything, especially now with, like, the microphones, and I can just walk in and out. Um, So that's that situation. And then um, with Backline, so most places will have um, bass drum, floor tom, rack tom, and then cymbal stands. So for the most part, you're responsible for bringing your kick pedal, your own snare, and cymbals. Um, That's because those are kind of the things that people tend to really personalize. Um, Also, like I've seen them referred to as like the breakables. Uh. So like I've seen that too. Um, So like it's really like a courtesy thing, but so most places like you're real, that's all you're really bringing. They have like the bulk of it. Yeah. Um, but some places do not have a house kit or a backline kit. So you're having to coordinate with people. Um, well, like who's going to bring the drum set and like all this stuff, which normally people are cool, but every now and then you just get like, I I think it's been enough time that I can tell this story and I'll leave out, (laughs) um, but and I, I will leave out anything, I'll leave out as much as I can that doesn't point to anyone, because I don't want to be a dick. Sure. Although maybe I should be a dick about this. <laughs> um, it's also just so bizarre that if by chance this person hears it, they're going to be like, oh, that was me. Um, <laughs> so used my kit for backline. And it was someone's birthday. We played first. And then second band played it was someone in that band's birthday and they some I don't know whether it was a friend or a fan like I'm unclear on the status of this band and everything yeah it, nevertheless someone decided to throw a pack of hot dogs onto the stage opened and threw them at the drummer and the drum set so i'm trying to pack up at the end of the night like why like did someone spill beer like this sucks and then and like i had like my own like blanket lying down and everything i'm like this is wet what is this like this is nasty and it had even like splattered onto the bass drum head which like if you're listening and you're not a musician the bass drum is the one that like faces out so like it like it's like essentially splattered against a wall Um, and it also got on the floor tom and like I looked and there's just this package of hot dogs and all of the hot dog water or juice, whatever you prefer to call it, Ugh. everywhere. And like the hot dogs had like escaped the package. So I was also then trying to track down the hot dogs. And I was just like, this is the worst thing. Totally. Like to so like it's also like 
whenever like whenever you're backlining stuff it's just like man I hope everyone decides to be respectful of gear tonight (laughs) like you so that's like and again like that's happened one time I think that's the only time in like the history of the world that someone has (laughs) hitting their drums um that obviously doesn't happen every night but like it's it's tough when you don't know the bands you're playing with Mm. to be like yeah I'll toss my kid up there it's like because you just really never know um Mm. unless and again it's like you like what is that band's fan base like what are their friends like um and all that so um but even going backwards a little bit like when there is a house kit like Babers is a good example like I still have to bring I use a um a Roland SPDSX yeah. to trigger like electronic sounds and stuff I need to bring an extra stand for that mm. you know and there are extra cables involved in that and everything um, hold on one second. I got to text my mom. Good night. Oh, do it. You can leave that in if you would like. I love my mother. Of course, I'm gonna leave this in. Leave it in. 100%. You can whatever you want. Um. <laughs> so yeah, like it. Like there are times, like if you're someone that in, like if you play in like a metal band and you insist on like ten cymbals, like you're gonna be responsible for bringing extra stands with you. Totally. Um, but for the most part, like most uh most venues have like a uh, a solid backline kit so it's it's very few that i run into out here that don't interesting so those were the first three bullet points that that you had tossed out um totally. i'm trying to think like trying to think what else there is um paying for sticks is also interesting oh really well there's a lot of stuff there's a lot of upkeep with drums Ah. like sticks heads yeah um and even just like extra symbols like maybe everything that you maybe you get a new gig and like everything you have is too bright Uh. or like maybe everything's too dark or like whatever um so there's like a lot of money that you find yourself pouring into the instrument. Yeah, drums are expensive. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Have you thought about like moving towards stick endorsements or head endorsements? Are those are those able? Yeah, so those I am all working towards. Um, yeah. It's that was another thing that I thought I might get in a really good position for this year. Yeah. Um, I am going after like some of the bigger companies. Fuck yeah. So like I've like resigned myself to knowing like this could take a while, but it's for me it's like I'm a very loyal person just in general. Yeah. And like so the sticks and the symbols and the heads I use are the only ones I have ever played. Like I've been with them all 18 years. What brands? Uh, so Vicfirth sticks, cool. Zildjian cymbals, remote cool. drum heads. Nice. Um, and then I also play DW drums. Cool. And that's been new since I moved out here. And what that about was a hardware? Uh, hardware DW as well. Cool. Um, and so those are all like massive companies in the drum world. Mm. And so I'm aware that like there needs to be more that I offer them and everything. And for me, like the endorsement thing is more about like cool like i'm on tour and our van got broken into help like 
like it's more that like family support kind of that I'm looking for and less of the like clout necessarily if one would consider there to be clout in it um but that is something that's like always in the back of my mind especially now that so many companies do such cool content like video wise and stuff it's like well I want to be part of some of that like that shit looks like fun totally companies do a lot of fun stuff with their artists now so it's um it's something that like is definitely like on the you know on the checklist and everything um and like for me it's like however long it takes is however long it takes like Mm -hmm. if someone else calls and is like hey like I got these sticks like do you want to be the face of the company like the answer is going to be no hell yeah unless it's Vickford but that we're not there yet um but yeah it's like I feel really solid with the gear that I use um so I just hope that they learn to love me back as much as I love them (laughs) so we'll see where that we'll see where uh that road takes me fuck yeah do you have any friends who are sponsored or not sponsored but endorsed by any of those companies um so I have a few friends with endorsements in general yeah and I do know um my trying to figure out the best way to say it yeah I do know some people with um with both Remo and DW sick Um, so I feel like I've got like I know that those people would all be willing to say like hey like this is someone that we can get behind um like I know that no one would that none of those people would be like hey, like, you don't want her repping your brand. Like, no way. Totally. Um, I know, I like, I know that when the time comes, or I feel confident that, like, if those calls were to be made, they would be like, oh, yeah, absolutely do it. Mm. Um, so it, it feels like something for the future, for sure, and something that, like, I'm potentially rounding the corner of. Fuck yeah. We'll see. Yeah, time will tell. I have a, I have a nerdy drum question for you. Please. That's all I've been wanting all day. What do you think about the difference between, okay, bass drum, Mm -hmm. like heel down or heel up? So they're both important. Okay. It depends on what you're playing. And I will say as someone who mostly plays heel up and learned playing heel up, you can get into a lot of trouble with like your foot being just like way too high. And like uh, you wrong parts of your legs uh, and everything. So I think like, I think heal up with a lot of um, awareness and attention paid to like developing like, okay, how high is my foot? Does it need to be that high? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I think there's room for both. Like mm-hmm. depending on like, if I'm playing like something a little jazzier and quieter, like yeah, I'll go heel down. But for the most part, my heel's always up. Hell yeah. So yeah, that's the, that's that. Yeah, I, uh, I learned to heel up and that was how I always played until I studied jazz in college. So then like my buddies playing jazz, they're all like heel down. And I was like, whoa, it's crazy. So I actually, I feel bad saying this. I'm I'm sitting next to a drum kit right now. (laughs) No. I'm so sorry. Oh, it burns. It burns. (laughs) I have a beautiful 1970s Slingerland vintage kit that I got like a month and a half ago. Hell yeah. Sitting like three miles from my house that I just haven't been able to touch in a week. 
Okay, do you know who Beth Goodfellow is? That name sounds strikingly familiar. So she's she's a drummer in Los Angeles, and um, she just posted, like, a video on her story saying that she talked to her neighbors, and she came to an agreement with her neighbors that she could play drums, uh, like, 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. or something. Oh, my God. In her apartment. I'm curious if you could, like, Postmates, someone <laughs> to deliver your drums to your apartment. Oh man! And then talk to your neighbors, but then also like, are do is is the whole lockout like shut down right now, or could you still get in if you went there? I so I think I could technically get in. Yeah, I haven't gotten any texts or calls that like it hasn't been shut down. Yeah. But my whole thing is definitely, like, right now, if I'm unsure, yeah. I'm staying home. Sure. And, like, there are a lot of people at this particular practice space and stuff. Like, not in my room, but just, yeah. like, coming in and out and everything. Yeah. So it's, like, as much as it kills me and as much as I would love to just go, it's, like, if I'm not 100% positive that it's, excuse me, that it's safe to do, I'm just going to stay put. I hear you. But that's incredibly kind and generous of her neighbors. Totally. Because I'm just thinking, like, I have the, so someone to my left, someone to my right, someone across from me, someone below me. Mm. That's at least four direct sites of drum impact. Yeah. Drums are. That would be a lot. Yeah. Like, it would piss me off if I was sitting here and a neighbor started playing the drums. Totally. Totally. So so good for her. She has incredibly kind neighbors. Yeah. That's amazing. That's true. So how have you been spending the time so far? So I am a massive drum nerd. So I've had, like, a practice pad. I've been working with that. And then I watch a lot of... YouTube is great because there are a ton of like old clinics and like older like drum DVDs and stuff. Mm. I've been watching like a ton of those. Hell yeah. Really fun. Um, and then also just like, you know, binging some TV shows, watching a movie or whatever. I decided I'm going to watch all of the Marvel movies, but in chronologi- chronological order to the movie timeline. Ah, uh, cool. So like start so like it's like Captain America, like the like the first Captain America, Captain Marvel, Iron Man. Totally. Like instead of like starting with Iron Man. So that's been really fun. Hell yeah. Um and then yeah, just trying to be in touch with people. I've done a lot of like coffee, lunch, dinner dates with people over like Skype or FaceTime. Mm-hmm. Just to feel like there's still some sense of like togetherness and stuff. So Totally. What about you? What have you been filling your days with? Running. Nice. I love, I love to run. One of my, one of the things that I'm most excited about with the Corona quarantine is to have a very strict bedtime and like wake up time. (laughs) They call it like a circadian rhythm, I guess. But like there, there have been times in my life where I have had like very strict bedtimes and get up yeah. times. And it just, it, I'm so much happier 
when yeah. I have like a strict bedtime. And that's one of the biggest things that I struggle with, like being a musician. You can't is, there's no way. There's, there's zero way, like going out to shows, going out to whatever, like there's, that you can't have a consistent bedtime. Unless your bedtime becomes 4 a.m. Exactly. Like, exactly. There's no way. Yeah, which like my preference, I like would love to go to bed at like, 9 p.m. and wake up at like 5 a.m. every day not that much I I would love to be like a, <laughs> like a 9 to 8 or like a 9 to 7 person Hell yeah. like 10 to 10 to 8 would be nice totally it's just not feasible as a yeah yeah, yeah. No my yeah. work is at 10 like totally. there's totally. no way yeah 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 and like I always feel like shit. I feel so unproductive if I wait if I get out of bed like past like nine, which is like really brutal because it's like I probably could like afford to just wake up at ten mm. with like my schedule and with being a musician and everything. But like I just feel so mentally like nasty about it. Totally. So I I totally hear you with getting into a sleep rhythm. That sounds nice. Yeah, I'm stoked. So I've committed to 11 p.m. Mm-hmm. sleeping, and then and I I feel like that's realistic because yeah. like you know with this like trying to do like a podcast or whatever, some people will be later. <clears throat> so like 11 p.m. sleep and then 7 a.m. wake up. That's mm-hmm. what I'm gonna do. That's great. I'm stoked. How and are then, you? Uh, I've been uh, <clears throat> just like cooking more often, which is nice. Yeah. And uh, practicing lots of guitar. Do you play guitar at all? I did a little bit, like, growing up and everything, but not really anymore. Hell yeah. Well, basically, like, there's lots of different ways to think about scales on the guitar. And there's this this three-note-per-string method that I've just been avoiding, like, my whole life. Yeah. So I've been, like, really digging into that and, like, weird, like, triad voicings and like running pat blah 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 nerdy like guitar yeah. shit get into it i love it and uh so i've been digging into that and um and actually another thing that i wanted to talk to you on the podcast about was that you had reached out to me a couple days ago about yeah. uh the small group thing that i had started yeah yeah so that's still going on tuesday nights so that's like an anchor of like we write weekly to-do lists and then uh like hopefully we're all getting those done and yeah. uh, and music stuff so i i've been doing this thing like last year i did the daily songwriting for a year thing right. and then now i'm doing this thing where on instagram every day I've been writing a new song Monday through Friday mm-hmm. with like a little slider of like, you can like do an emoji of like how much, cool. how much you like the song. Yeah. And then the song that gets the most amount of likes, I'll like finish that song and post that finished song. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. The song of the week. I've been trying to figure that out. It hasn't really been catching on too well. Like people, I don't, the slider mechanism might not be the best way to go about it but um maybe you can't you do like a poll on instagram maybe like at the end of the week you do like the five (laughs) options totally that is a that might be a better way to get people engaged i was trying to like i was trying to come up with an option that would be daily yeah 
so that like people would get in the habit of interacting with my stories every day. Oh, that's, yeah, that's, I think the slider is tough because it's, if it's like, oh, I'm not feeling this one, like, exactly. I don't want to be the asshole that like, just nudges it and then sends it to you. Yeah, yeah. And then a lot of times. Did you just say do it? Because I will now for all of them. (laughs) You'll be that asshole if you encourage it. You absolutely should. (laughs) I need more negative feedback in my life. So douchey. (laughs) Something about that feels more like unnecessarily critical. Uh, Like, oh, I have a choice of five. Which one do I love the most? Totally, totally. But But that's also just me. No, I think that that's really good feedback. And I think that I would feel the same way as Mm -hmm. someone who's like voting. So next week, I'm going to try out a different way of doing it. Interesting. I'm basically, what's up? I'll keep an eye out for it. Yeah, I'm just going to like, I'm just going to do three instead of five. And then I'm going to post it on my main feed and say like comment underneath which one you like the most. Oh, that's a good way to do it. Yeah. So it won't be daily, but I think that more people will interact with it. Yeah. So whatever. But with all this time, like I'm going to try and do uh, these daily podcasts with people. Because with Zoom, it's so easy. Like it's recording right now. When was the last time you said the word Zoom this many times? (laughs) Never. Like, right? Like this came out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Yeah, Zoom is doing all right right now. Zoom is killing it. They're chilling. Zoom loves us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, um, yeah, that's kind of, that's, that's, that's mostly it, just music and running. I own a Nintendo Switch. Okay. And I keep thinking that I'm going to, like, sit down and play it a bunch, but I just haven't yet. See, I feel like you're the reverse of everyone else who is like, I keep feeling like I'm going to go for a run. <laughs> down with my Nintendo Switch all day. That's so funny. Like, I feel yeah. like you flipped the script there. I know. I've been, I've been really into running since, like, eighth grade. Oh, God. So it's, like, it's deep in my brain. I wouldn't even run in an emergency. <laughs> 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 like I hear the word running and I just get so tired. <laughs> I love people who love it because I think it's great, but I just cannot like get myself into it. Totally. I hear, I hear you. I hear you. And I respect that because when I was in like sixth or seventh grade, I felt the same exact way. It's terrible. And then when I was in eighth grade, I had a P teacher who like taught me correct running form oh that's interesting and it changed it changed the game for me that's incredible I wish like I was actually talking with people a few months ago about how like in PE like you get yelled at because you can't do like the national Mm. median of push-ups but it's like okay then teach me how to do the proper push-up totally even like I, re- oh my god, I remember in high school I was in marching band, mm-hmm. and we had block scheduling, so it was like four classes a day, mm-hmm. and so the first semester you would have band, mm-hmm. and then the second semester you would do a split period where first period, the first half of first period was gym, and the second half of first period was band, mm-hmm. which having gym 
first thing in the morning was awful. Like we, but so band and choir were like that. So basically your gym class was just the band and choir kids. Yeah. Which like fully embracing the stereotype of that, they would have us run for like two minutes as like the warm up, like around the gym and like they would put on music and they would set like the, you know, like the basketball timer or whatever. And like, I just remember eventually in like my senior year, one of the teachers just like stopped, like blew the whistle and was like, these band kids can't even run for a full minute. They won't even jog for a minute. And was just like, like she totally lost her mind. And I was like, I totally get it. <laughs> Maybe this isn't the right place to have your meltdown over this. <laughs> like, like, but like you, I just saw her die inside, like right in front of me. Like she told, like it was like she finally realized that like, there weren't many like athletes in that period of gym. Yeah. Yeah. Being a, being a high school PE teacher has to be a pretty depressing job. It's gotta be so thankless. <laughs> yeah. Like the, like PE teachers are just so looked down upon. Yeah. So I, you must really love it. I, I hope they really love it. Are you familiar with uh, School of Rock, the Jack Black movie? Yes. Remember I when, live and die by that movie. Remember when he's like sitting at the lunch table with all yeah. his professors and he's like, and those who can't do, teach. And those who can't <laughs> teach, teach Jim. Yes. <laughs> it's so good. I lo- that movie has aged so well. Oh, it's incredible. It's a classic. I could watch that every day. And yeah. It. When I was in seventh grade, me and my buddy Calvin, we used to sit and watch that movie with our guitars, and we would play yes. along to all the songs in the movie. <laughs> Pretty fun. I always wanted Freddie's hair. Oh, yeah. I was incredible. like, I wish I could. And like when he's when uh, Joan Cusack walks in, she's like, Freddie, where are your sleeves? I was like, it's punk rock. <laughs> I was like, I want to be him so badly. Oh, man. I thought he was the coolest kid in the world the first time I saw that movie. That's, that's objectively true. It's such a great movie. Where it's is not- he now? I don't know. I know they did. I was trying to remember because they did a reunion like a yeah. few years ago. Like a 10-year reunion. Yeah, and like they did like a concert. Like they all played. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. on like Jack Black, I know like he still loves that movie. Totally. And he did, Um, I think it's GQ that does those videos where like actors break down like different roles they've played or whatever. And when he got to School of Rock, he was just like, yeah, this is the one I'm most proud of. Like I oh, love this wow. one. Yeah, and I'm like, it's so nice to hear that as oh, someone who like... Like, that movie was such a big part of, like, me feeling joy and being a musician and, like, wanting to be in bands and stuff. 100%. Yeah, it's a great movie. What is your connection to actors? You were saying you only knew actors for a whole year. So when I first moved out here, um, I had a friend from high school who was an actor, and she was like, you should come check out L.A., and so I checked out LA and I loved it. So oh, yeah. because she was an actor, 
all of her friends were actors. Mm. So like that was my like social connection. That makes sense. Yeah. So so that that's really most of what it is. I hear you. It was it was an accident. I hear you. I thought maybe you were like a closet actor or something. Oh no. Oh no. Not at all. That's that's the that's not that's the wrong spotlight for me. Yeah, I hear you. What yeah. uh Go ahead. what shows have you been binging? Uh so what shows have I been binging? I've been doing um I've been rewatching Winona Earp. I don't know what that is. So okay, it's based off of a comic book mm-hmm. which is based off the idea that like Wyatt Earp's grand like great great granddaughter or whatever mm-hmm. lives in the town of Purgatory. And it's now like the curse of the air to like send demons back to hell. Oh, and wow. it, so it's like a sci-fi western that takes place in Canada. Mm. Which is like a very interesting like mixed bag of stuff, but like it's super spunky and like sarcastic and like quick witted mm. and everything. It's very funny. It's got a lot of heart. Like that's good. So there are three seasons on Netflix right now. Mm. Um, so I've been watching. I've been rewatching that because it had been a while. Mm. Um, and then I think I might rewatch Broad City mm. because that's just always fun and the Ouch. best. Um, I feel like oh, uh, the feels just came out yesterday. I don't that. know what that is. So that is um, a comedian, May Martin who's like very funny and it's she did like a six episode series like scripted um so that's really cool so i watched like the first three episodes of that hell yeah really love that and i feel like there's something else that i've been like also watching but i can't think of it hell yeah yeah what about you i haven't been watching any shows recently nothing no um (laughs) i watch i watch a lot of youtube Okay. Like uh, interviews of like musicians on YouTube. Yes. I watch a lot of skate videos on YouTube, yes. um, like podcasts on YouTube, mm-hmm. and then like video game stuff. It's interesting. Like, I hardly ever play video games, but I like watching other video people. game kind of stuff. Well, it's not always other people playing video games. Like, there's uh-huh. this uh, there's this YouTube account called Game Ranks. And they put out all this like video game related content. Okay. So they'll do like they have this one type of video that they call before you buy. And it's like this rundown of like new games that come out. Mm -hmm. And like I love watching those videos and learning about the new video games. But I don't really like go out and buy them and play them myself. I just like... For whatever reason, I get my fix just like watching videos about video games. I love that. Um, but there is there is one Twitch user that I do subscribe to that okay. like I like I like love this dude. But I don't I don't really watch Twitch too much. Well, I have before when I've gotten like super depressed. But I have to be like real yeah. sad. <laughs> it's not the worst depression habit i can think of (laughs) there there are worse ones yeah Yeah, there's more like dangerous stuff you could be getting into so like that's a pretty wholesome like thing to fall back on totally yeah but i think the last show that i really got into was south park actually i had like 
never watched South Park before. Um, well, I'd seen episodes and I thought that it was really gross and really crass yeah. and like really stupid. Yeah. And then on Christmas morning, actually, I remember I was up all night like recording a song and it was 5 a.m. and I was, I was wrapping presents for my family mm-hmm. and I just wanted to watch something very irreverent. I was like really tired and sick and I was like South Park, like I'm just, I'm just gonna watch South Park. Why not? So I turned on the Christmas episode of South Park and like fell in love with the storytelling. Um, uh-huh. It really like blew me away. And then I went back and like watched a majority of the episodes. Oh wow! And uh, it's it's impressive. There's like a lot more there than I thought there was going to be. There are like there are a few bits that like like I remember my uh, my AP economics teacher had us watch the Margaritaville episode. Oh, I don't think I saw that one. It's a very it's it's just strange to be watching South Park in a classroom. Totally, especially in high school. Yeah, like you're just kind of sitting there like, should we be doing this? <laughs> like, I, I don't know about that. And like, I, I haven't seen the episode since then. So I forget like what exactly it tied into. But like, that teacher was cool. And he also taught like a current affairs class where like every week he would do something like talking about like society or what was going on in the world and then like tie it into a movie. Mm. So, like, we were just always watching movies in that class and with that teacher and everything. But I just, I still think it's so funny that he just, like, put on South Park for a bunch of high school kids. That's a pretty, like, uh, that's that's an ambitious move. It feels like living on the edge as a teacher. If I was a high school teacher, I wouldn't be showing South Park. No, I would be terrified to show South Park to a group of high schoolers. 100%. So, I mean, good for him. So funny. But it's like, I think I watched my first episode of South Park when I was in like fourth or fifth grade or something. It's like, yeah. you know, these, these kids are already seeing that shit. Yeah, absolutely. I remember we were, we had like family friends and like one of the daughters was obsessed with uh Who's the one with the orange hoodie? Is that oh, Kenny? Kenny, yeah. Yeah, was like obsessed with Kenny. And like, I have this very vivid memory of being like at the boardwalk at yeah. like the beach in New Jersey and like everyone trying to win her this like plush Kenny from like a, a claw machine or That's whatever. So it's probably the most wholesome attachment anyone has to South Park. Yeah, yeah, that checks out for sure. Yeah, it's so funny. Well, let me tell you about um, this this group thing that I made. Yeah. Um, so it's called Finishers Group. Mm-hmm. And we have this like form that we go through. And uh, so like different people lead the meeting every time, but it's always like the same form. So you can like count on it being the same kind of a meeting. Yeah. And uh, it never lasts like more than an hour. Mm-hmm. And there's three sections to each meeting. It's like group meditation, sharing, and then to-do list making. Mm -hmm. So the meditation is like 10 minutes of like sitting quietly or journaling. Mm -hmm. And then the sharing is like each person has about seven minutes or so to like talk about whatever you want. It could be related to 
getting your stuff done or it could be just like something that you want to get off your chest and i guess like uh my formation of this group is like largely inspired by some time that i've spent in like 12 step groups and i've like taken some things that i've liked from it and like left the rest um so i think that it's i think that it's healing for people to be able to share without the worry that someone's gonna like interrupt them or like try and give them advice about something yeah and then i think it's also like really helpful to listen to people like share what they're going through because it gives you like perspective and then um yeah and then we write like a to-do list for the week and so the idea is is that if you're coming to this group every week then you're always talking about how your last week's to-do list went and how this future to-do list like is going to go and when we were meeting in person we came up with this idea where we had this like blank literal canvas um and if you got your to-do list done oh my audio just went weird are you chilling i'm good oh perfect i don't know what happened um if you got your to-do list done you got to make like a single brush stroke on this canvas oh that's awesome so then it like and like months from now it would be this like abstract painting of all these brush strokes that's like symbolic of people getting their work done or whatever but um that's basically the synopsis uh there's like no it's all uh everyone comes up with their own to-do list like there's no there's no dogma there's no principles that we all have to adhere to it's like very literally people knowing that they have stuff they want to accomplish and like coming together for support in order to accomplish those things yeah i mean i had reached out because like i had been wanting to try and come but i kept having rehearsals on tuesday nights totally yeah i was like this is annoying and then all of this happened and like i've been really searching for like like community is really important to me as a person and like feeling that sense of community and everything so I've been searching for ways to like still give myself that right now and then like I saw you come across like my news my Instagram feed or whatever and I was like oh like he does those I wonder if he's still doing like those you know get-togethers and stuff and so that's why I messaged you it really came born out of like just feeling a need to still like feel like I'm part of a group who's all like taking a step together Fuck yeah! that's one of the things that I love about being in a band like we all like take a step on our own and it amounts to like a step as a group totally so I thought that that would be like a cool way to like keep myself accountable and like you know continuing to work and be productive and like meet some new people still ha- and still have that sense of like community and being like a part of something fuck yeah yeah so it seemed like fun it seemed like the right time Totally. Yeah. I'd love for you to check it out on Tuesday if you'd like. Yeah. I'm excited. It's like in my calendar now. I can't wait. Fuck it. No, yeah, it's cool. It's like, um, it's all men right now. I don't know if that's like, because like I'm a man and like, (laughs) but when when I first started the group, there was one girl who was coming and I was like, oh, cool. Like we'll get some like female perspective, but, um, it's been nice. I've actually had a couple people like from out of town that can't make it. 
yeah i've been like oh send me the sheet like i want to start my own group like this oh that's awesome um, and yeah. i've gotten on the phone with like one of the guys and talked to him about it and yeah. uh it's cool it's it, it it's a group that i wanted to start like over a year ago and yeah. was too afraid to start at the time um but now having done it it's quickly become like one of the most important things i do during the week yeah, and i uh I dig it. It's been cool. Yeah. No, it sounds nice. Like, I was excited when I saw you first post about doing it. Fuck it. And, like, I've been wanting to, like, come and check it out and everything. So, Fuck yeah. I'm excited to finally be able to. Hell yeah. yeah. The upsides of the coronavirus. Yeah. <laughs> Just barely. Oh, man. What a wild, what a wild world we live in cannot begin to wrap my head around it damn even this has been so fun this has been great thank you so much for taking the time no thanks for having me. me like as new friends this is like a fun way to just be like well fuck it we're doing it <laughs> hell yeah 100 percent. 100 uh before we sign off is there anything else that you'd like the world to know oh um Give us, give us a word of wisdom for these trying times. A word of wisdom. Um, be good to yourself. Hell yeah. The, because the only person that you truly spend forever with is you. Mm. So be gentle with yourself right now. Mm. And like specifically for right now, like with coronavirus, like if the best you can do today is like get up and brush your teeth and have a cup of coffee and just be scared and nervous, that's okay. Like, I think there's not to get too long winded here, but I think there's a lot of pressure on like being productive right now and like making the best of the time and everything. And it's like, dude, this is scary. Yeah. It's okay to be scared about it. And if you need a day to just process what's happening, mm take a day and process what's happening mm. so do what you need to do to get through it that's beautiful that's that thank you thank you yeah. if people want to hire you for your drumming services how would they get in contact with you all right well first of all hang on i gotta go grab my laptop charger oh you I just got the low battery thing you do your thing two right. seconds oh, ask that question again <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Stretch it. <sighs> Stretching for the podcast. This was such bad timing. Oh, you're chilling. You're totally chilling. All right. We're good. All right. Do you want to re-ask the question or should I just answer? Oh, sure. I'll, I'll re-ask it. Okay, cool. That, way, that will, we'll get in the flow. Perfect. All right. Here we go. The re-asking of the question. <laughs> I better say it as if I, it's the first time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If people want to hire you for your drumming services, how would they get in contact with you? 
so I do a lot on Instagram. It's right. a really difficult username, but it's Eva Plays the Drums. Cool. Uh, that is also my website and my email. Uh, Eva Plays the Drums at Gmail, and then Eva Plays the Drums.com. Um, also, I would be a terrible friend and bandmate if I did not mention uh, Babers, a band that I play with, just put out their new album yesterday. It's called Making It Up. That oh, is available yeah. on Spotify and all that stuff. Uh, wonderful music, killer harmonies. Uh, so definitely listen to that. And then on this upcoming Friday, so March 27th, um, an album that I played on by with uh, Tom Sless. It's called The California Dream. That's coming out. And that, again, is like Springsteen petty vibes and everything. So if you're into that, would love for you to check that out as well. So just doing my part to hype up my pals and stuff. So, so yeah, that's, uh, that's all the social media stuff. And then definitely, uh, highly recommend both records. Fuck yeah. Yeah. I'll put one of those on while I'm, uh, or the Babers record. I'll put the Babers record on while I'm editing this podcast tonight. Oh, you should. It's so good. Hell yeah. So good. And I can say that a little bit louder because I had no part in it because it was before I joined the band. Mm. So it's like, it's just like me being like a friend and a fan. Fuck yeah. And it's so good. Fuck yeah. I think Babers was the group that we like first hung out. Yeah, it was the hi-hat. And yeah. what happened was I was talking very loudly during sound check <laughs> about being nervous that I wasn't going to get into one of the Mandy Moore residency shows at the bootleg uh -huh. because you couldn't pre-buy tickets. You had to wait in line. And like, as I was talking about it, you like walked past and like, you kind of like looked up and like, we made eye contact. And I was like, he's got something to say about this. And I was like, <laughs> so prepared for you to be like judgy about it. And then you just came over and you were like, yeah, I was there last week. It was great. You just got to show up like within an hour of doors and you'll be fine. And I was like, so not prepared for that to have been the reaction. Uh, and so that's how we became friends. I didn't know that you thought I was going to be judgy about it. That sucks. Well, I, I shouldn't have, like, I shouldn't have assumed that, but I was definitely braced for like, oh, this guy, like, has just written me off as, like, a friend, as, like, a musician, because I talked about Mandy Moore, and I wasn't talking about, like, Rush or whatever. Sure, yeah. So I, was, I was, like, I was hopeful that you'd be, like, have something positive to say, but I was also, like, ready to accept if you were, like, a jerk about it. Damn. But you weren't. You were great. I think I said multiple times, like, you just took a huge weight off my shoulders. True. Like, I cannot put into words how truly stressed over getting into the show <laughs> I was, because it was the only one that I could make of the four. Totally. So I was like, I have to go to this one. And if I don't get in, like, that's my shot. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It all worked out. It all worked out. And now we're friends. A hundred percent. Okay, so... Speaking of being friends, yes, this podcast is called Will You Be My Friend? Yes. Because I feel like at my, at my late, late 20s age of 28, I feel like it's, it's a fairly lonely age. I would agree. And there are some times where like I'll be out at a show or something, like even with you, like I'll like connect with somebody 
Yeah. And there's a part of me that wants to pull them aside and I feel like I'm in grade school again, like asking what? them like, do you want to be friends with me? Yeah, like, I'm 100% the same way. You know? Yeah. So I actually have a fair amount of these podcasts pre-recorded that I've done live here in my living room that, oh. I, that I'm still editing. And when I do it live, I have a physical note that I that I pass to my guests. That's so good. As if as if we're like in class together. I love that so much. As a kid, so since I can't ha since I can't slide to you a physical note, I've made for you a virtual note. I love this. So I'm gonna I'm gonna share the whiteboard with you on Zoom right now, <laughs> and this is this is the virtual note that I've written for you. This is so precious. <laughs> Will you please write this out for me and give it to me when all of this is said and done? So that 100%. 100%. Actually write two so then you can keep one also. Oh, that's very considerate of you. So yeah, so you can, for, for all of our listeners, feel free to read this note out loud. Dear Eva, I like the way you play the drums and your love for Mandy Moore is inspiring. I hope that one day someone loves me as much as you love Mandy. That is so sweet. Anyways, want to be friends? So there's a box for yes and a box for no. On Zoom, you can actually like open up the drawing app, like pencil thing. Okay, wait, where am I? You can mark which box you want to mark. Okay, where is this? I where think uh, is it view options? Oh, annotate. There we go. All right. Yeah, I got yeah. it. I think I got it. Virtual world. Yeah. Oh, I wanted this to be red, but that's fine. Hell yeah. <laughs> we're friends now. I love it. I mean, we were friends before, but now there's a there, there's a virtual note and a virtual check mark. Now we're both positive that we're really friends. A hundred percent. Now the icebreaker is all done. <laughs> Hell yeah. So let's uh let's end this podcast. Let's do it. We don't, we don't have to get off necessarily, but let's uh let's send off to the podcast world. Sounds good. Hey, see Bye. you later, internet world. It's been fun. Bye. <laughs>